and we are speaking about vision and family. Today we are speaking about parents and children. Turn with me to, even if you are listening online, you have your phone or your electronic device or your Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 1 to verse 4. Ephesians chapter 6. We will be reading from verse 1 to verse 4. As we have been following the vision series, I trust that it has been a blessing to you. In terms of what we spoke about last week, in terms of marriage, to those who are married, I hope it has been a blessing to you that there are some things, and remember, at the Rock Worship Church, we are always make it clear that whatever we receive regarding the word of God, we put into practice. But that is subjected to truth. So that is important. So it's not going to benefit you. We always say at the church, it's not going to be a blessing or benefit to you unless you put the word of God into practice. So listening to the word of God only will not help you, but you have to take what you have listened and you have to apply that in your personal lives. So Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 1 to verse 4. Parents and children. The word of God declares and I'm reading from the ESV. The word of God says in this letter of Paul. Children obey your parents in the Lord for this is what this is right he says then in verse 2 honor your father and mother this is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land and then verse 4 fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The King James Version will say, the nurturing and admonition of the Lord. Father, I pray that you have your way. And that your word may not return void unto you today in the name of Jesus. I pray. I pray against the spirit of rebellion. I pray, Father, that every child, every daughter, every son, Father, no matter how old they are, may receive this word. I pray that every parent, no matter how experienced they are, may receive this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So... The Apostle Paul spoke in Ephesians 5 about God's what? God's vision. God's vision for the family in context of what? In context of marriage. That's what we spoke about last week. In context of marriage. So, so, so we spoke about marriage last week and God's vision for marriage. 
and we concluded that God's plan, that God's plan for the husband and the wife is the basis of what? The basis of love and submission. So we spoke about the basis of love and submission within the marriage relationship and that that is God's vision for the relationship when it comes to marriage. So we learned that God's vision for the wife in regard in regard with submission is called what? Respect. So we said submission means respect. And then we also spoke and we said the love that the husband should have for the wife is not an abusive love, but it is self-sacrifice. So that's what we spoke about last week. It is self-sacrifice. And therefore, it becomes important in understanding that for us to get marriage right, we have to look at the creator of marriage. And that's what we established last week. So we said God is the manufacturer of the marriage relationship. So when God is the manufacturer of marriage and wedding, then it means of matrimony. Then it means in other words, that when we want to get marriage right, we have to go back to the manufacturer of marriage. That's what we established last week. So since God is, since God created marriage, God has all the answers regarding our questions of marriage. So Paul makes the vision clear regarding marriage in Ephesians chapter 5. But then afterwards, after making it clear, because remember, these were the last verses that we spoke about in Ephesians chapter 5 regarding marriage. And then Paul goes right over into another relational aspect in terms of family. And Paul deals with parents and children. So he writes further concerning the family and God's vision regarding the family by speaking on the matter of relationship between parent and child. So no, not only that, but Paul makes the God-given vision clear regarding relationship between parent and child. And therefore, if you read in Ephesians chapter 6, in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1, the Bible says, and this is now the King James Version, Children, do what? Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is what? Right. So the word obedience, obey, in this context here, in the Greek is hupokayo, which means to listen or to hearken to a commandment. And that is very important. I didn't say to hear. I said to listen and to hearken to the commandment, to the instruction, in other words, given. So, so now this may sound easy when we say children obey, children listen. It may sound easy, but it is not. In fact, 
to some, to, 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 to most children, obedience may sound like a record repeating itself. However, I want to bring it to our attention, even if you are listening online, I want to bring it to our attention that there's a difference between hearing and listening. There's clearly a difference between hearing and listening. Because hear means to perceive or recognize what someone is saying. Hear means to perceive or recognize what someone is saying. But listen means to pay attention to what is being said. That is very important. Here is recognizing what someone is saying. Oh, but listening is paying attention. In other words, listening is agreeing with what is being said. Having said that, it is true that you may hear the instruction of your parents and still not listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard what you said, but I don't pay mind. I don't agree. So I do not listen to what you are saying. But I heard what you said. In fact, I've been hearing you for the last five years. But I reject what you are saying. So there's clearly a difference. And, and if we can get this right, if we can understand, this may sound simple, but this is a deep principle. Because if we can understand this principle, remember, Jesus always said, hear and do what? Hear and understand. If we can understand this principle, that there's a difference between hearing and listening, our culture and our society would become better. Because we are sitting with people who hear, but don't listen. Yeah. And therefore it's critical that the children should, should, should give in to the instruction of wise counsel from parents. They should always give in to the instruction of wise counsel from parents. Because there is something in experience that will teach you principle of life but the problem is we we hear but we do not listen so in other words i'm saying that listen to what they are telling you and do not just hear and walk away in terms of what they said In fact, I remember my mom said to me one day, and I wasn't working at that time, my mom said these this words to me. She said, my child, if there's one thing I can tell you, when you have a job one day, never take a credit card. <laughs> But that was my mom's advice to me. She said that was the worst mistake she ever made in her life. Because she had no self-control. 
And before she knew it, she was drowning in debt. And up until today, I've been working now for six years. And the temptation came. But I could hear her voice every time I tried to go for it. You never take a credit card. And I'm saying to us that there's a difference between hearing and listening. In fact, the, the temptations, and I might get in trouble for this, because <laughs> this is it's not gospel. But the temptations sang a very beautiful song. This, the name of the song is called, I've Never Been to Me. <laughs> and I used to hear, recognize, I used to hear the adults listening to that song. And it always sounds like a good melody. But one day I listened to what they were saying. And I'm going to read a couple of the lyrics today in church. Listen to this. They sing, they say, I've been to marriage. And this is just one part of the song. I've been, and, and now they are giving advice. Because in the song, it is portrayed that this person who's singing is talking to a young man. And he says, I've been to marriage. Children cry for someone they couldn't find. Never knowing that what I was searching for, things I left behind. I thought my heart could wait, but I learned too late. Listen to that. You see, if you listen to what they are saying, there's a difference. They said, I thought my heart could wait, but I learned too late. Only love can make people free. But listen to this part. I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. In other words, they are saying that I had the money, I had the material, I had the women, and I've been to paradise, but it never satisfied me. In fact, I'm going to quote another verse from another song. That's not gospel. Because these are the people that we normally follow. Listen to Tracy Chapman in her song saying, the name of the song is All That You Have Is Your Soul. And she speaks to young women. She says, oh, my mama told me. Because she said she learned the hard way. She said she want to spare the children. She said don't give or sell your soul away. Because all that you have is your soul. Then she goes further and she says, this is important. Don't be tempted by the shiny apple. Don't you eat of the bitter fruit. Hunger only for a taste of justice. Hunger only for a world of truth. Because all that you have is your soul. And then she goes further and she says, listen to now, she speaks about herself. And she says, well, I was a pretty young girl once. I had dreams. I had high hopes. I married a man. He stole my heart away. He gave his love. But what 
a high price I paid. All that you have is your soul. And then she says, why was I such a young fool? <laughs> and this is very important for our culture. On Sasa culture. Listen to this. She says, why was I such a young fool? Thought I'd made history. Making babies was the best I can do. Thought I'd made something that could be mine forever. Found out the hard way. One can't possess another. And all that you have is your soul. In other words, she's saying, she's saying that she thought that the next person could be changed. Remember what we spoke about? You see the reflex. We spoke about it last week in terms of marriage. You see the reflex and in your mind you can change that person. But she said it wasn't that way. It was a challenge. So it is, it is important that we do not only hear what is being said, but that we listen that we pay attention, that we agree with wise and godly counsel as children. In fact, the Bible declares, obey your parents, that is where? That is in the Lord. In other words, the Bible is saying, Paul is saying here, obey your parents for what they are giving you in terms of the God-given vision is the will of God. Then the question then is, if that is the commandment from your parents, then the question is, what is it specifically? Paul says in Ephesians 6 verse 2, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. So, so Paul points out both the relevancy of, of this commandment and also the blessing of this commandment. In Exodus, he refers to Exodus chapter 20 verse 12. When Moses gave the Ten Commandments unto the children of Israel. You see, it was given as part of the Ten Commandments of Mount Sinai. And for the fact that it was given that time, Paul says it is still relevant today. It is still applicable for your life because this is the first commandment that has a promise. And if you can practice that as a child, you will inherit that promise and that blessing. You see, the very essence of this commandment is meant to stop rebellion and to promote life. Let me say that again. The essence of this commandment is there to stop rebellion of children against parents and to promote life for your children. Because where rebellion reigns, lives are lost. In fact, I watched a video um, of my friends. They posted it in the soccer group. So they sent this video where this young boy gets up in class, primary school, Jason. He gets up in class and he walks to the door and he tries to open the door and he starts swearing at the teacher. 
And his aim is to go home. I want to go home. I don't want to be here. But he swears as he's speaking to the teacher. And the first thing I said to the guys in the group, I said, that is the spirit of rebellion. Yes. And it is critical that we break that spirit in the lives of our children while they are still young. Yeah. You, you don't wait to, for them to rebel against you while they are old because then it becomes more difficult because they will tell you, I have my own money and I have my own things and there's nothing you can tell me. You start while they are young to break that rebellion. And it starts with Exodus 20 verse 12. Honor your mother and father for this is the first commandment with a promise. You teach them that this promise holds a blessing. So this promise, this promise is not meant to destroy your life. You teach them from this age. But this blessing is meant, this commandment is meant to preserve your life. Amen. For when children rebel against godly counsel given by parents and they walk away they often return in a coffin and therefore the enemy will promote the spirit of rebellion in the lives of your children and god says it is time for us to fight against that spirit because our children are being lost our children are out there and drugs is one of the main tools that the enemy uses in terms of the spirit of rebellion. Yes. You see, gender-based violence comes from that spirit. Because you'll have a daughter and you'll have a son. And the son, because of the spirit of rebellion and because of the anger in his heart, will beat the daughter. But your daughter, because of the spirit of rebellion against your godly counsel, will cling to the relationship. And therefore it's important for us to fight against that spirit. Where rebellion reigns, lives are lost. You see, the God-given vision is honor your parents. And the word honor there is value and respect. In, in other words, Paul, he, he's, Paul is referring to Moses who said, respect and value your parents. For if you do that, it has a blessing. In other words, he says, do not rebel against them. Because when you rebel against them, you take your own life. You may not do it now, but in long term, you'll see that you've taken your own life. You may not see it now. In fact, listen to Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. He says in Proverbs 10 verse 1, A wise son makes glad a father, but a foolish son is the sorrow of his mother. In other words, he's not only referring to boys. He just used son. But he's saying a wise child makes glad a parent. But the foolish child is the sorrow of their parent. And I'm saying be the opposite. Do not be the foolish child, but but be the one who brings gladness to your parents. For the commandment comes with a blessing. 
And the blessing thereof is mentioned in Ephesians 6 verse 3. Paul says that it may be what? Well with you. And that you may live long on the earth. You see, following this commandment brings you what? It brings you wellness. In other words, Paul says it will bring you peace and joy. And I'm saying to you, children that becomes rebellious against their parents will never have peace. And I'm saying to the parents, they may act like they have peace without you. But I'm saying to you, they don't. Because it's biblical that if you obey, and then it is well with you. And if it's the opposite, it can never be well with you. When you separate from your parents with hate, it will never be well with you. And therefore, it is critical. Even if they hurt you, you forgive. That it may be well with you. You see, Paul is saying that this commandment blesses you with life. So it is critical that you, you follow the God-given vision in terms of having relationship with your parents. With regards to obedience, that it may go well with you. And then he says in Ephesians 6, verse 4. Now this is important. Now Paul says, I'm done dealing with the children. But I'm going to speak to the parents as well. And Paul says, and you fathers, in other words, and you parents, provoke not your children to wrath. But bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, in the, in the discipline of the Lord. You see, it is also not the will of God that parents may become cruel towards their children. It is not the will of God that parents become cruel towards their children. Because cruelty does what? Cruelty provokes wrath. Cruelty is another form of inviting the spirit of rebellion. Paul says. Paul says, child, do not be rebellious towards your parents. But he also says, parents, do not invite the spirit of rebellion into your house by provoking your children to wrath. You see, when you are cruel to your children, they may grow to hate you all the days of your life. You see, destroying the confidence of your children. Because some parents do that while children are very young. Destroying the confidence of your children is ungodly and it's demonic. It is cruelty. And it is weird. 
that we promote animal cruelty so much, and I'm not saying that we should be cruel to animals because it's also unbiblical if we do that. But can we also speak about the fact that parents shouldn't be cruel to their children? And therefore we end up with things like, like molestation and those type of things. That is cruelty and it's demonic. Destroying the confidence of your children in the name of parenthood is to your own deficit. Because your children will hate you for the rest of your life. You see, there's a difference between, between cruelty and correction. There's a difference between cruelty and Correction. And it is important that we understand that as parents. Abuse is by no means God-given vision. Yes. You can you can either you can either cause your children to run to you or to run from you as a parent. And cruelty will chase them away. Yes. Abuse will chase them away. Breaking and destroying their confidence will chase them away. Because that's the easiest way to send your child to the street. Because when they catch up with the Owens, the Owens speak a different language than you do. Yes. They support and sometimes they support with the wrong things. Yes. But your child confides in them because they feel a sense of support. Nice. Cruelty and correction are two different things. Paul says, it is your duty, parents. It is also the God-given vision to bring them up in the nurture and discipline of the Lord. In other words, to teach them the God-given vision. It is your responsibility to teach them the God-given vision. For you see, some parents are the cause of rebellion in their children. Some parents are the cause of in the, rebellion in their children. Instead of bringing them up in the discipline of the Lord, the parent teaches them something different. And therefore our children grow up with hate, with pride and disobedience. Because some parents, and most of them lately, teach their children how to hate and not to love. Remember what I said the last time? If, if we as adults have issues with one another, we teach our children to have issues with their children. Yes. That is planting a seed of hatred within your children. And Paul says that is ungodly. You bring them up in the discipline of the Lord. And what is the discipline of the Lord? Paul says in Romans chapter 12, he says, it is important that we live in peace with everyone. So you teach your child their principles. You see, it is, it is ungodly 
and it is not the God-given vision to teach them to hate other children. It is not the God-given vision to teach them to think they are better than other children. It is not the God-given vision, God vision to spoil them and teach them lack of discipline. See, God doesn't tolerate spoiled children. Yes. The culture of spoiling your children, God doesn't tolerate it. And if you don't believe me, go and read 1 Samuel, what God said to Eli because of his sons who lack discipline. You see, the problem that we have today is it's also... <laughs> We, we are so afraid to discipline our children in terms of, and I'm talking about, I'm not talking about cruelty, I'm talking about correction, biblical correction. We are so afraid to discipline them, we'll rather spoil them. And when it comes back, it bites us. Hmm? You, anything, when the child cries, you give. Ah, one day, ah, ah. Ah, and later on, the same child bites your hand. And you pray, God, help me with the child. And God says, I didn't create that, you did. You see, discipline is important. God says, parents, you raise them and you nurture them in my discipline according to my word. And I'm concluding by saying Proverbs 22 verse 6 Solomon says train up a child in the way he should go even when he is old he will not depart from it. And then I'm going to finally conclude by saying I love what Charles Spurgeon said regarding this verse. He said, yes, train up the child in the way he should go, but make sure you go that way yourself. Yes. And there's a balance. Children, obey. Parents, do not provoke. Do not be cruel. Make sure you go that way yourself.